Welcome to the Music Buzz, the podcast where we talk music, pop culture, and current events while we get a good buzz. We're your hosts, Justine Avila and Lauren Brumley. Hey guys, today we're drinking mimosas and talking about music and movies and TV. We're in the midst of award season and we thought it would be a good idea to talk about the importance of music and film and some essential soundtracks that we love and grew up on. But first, we're going to go through some of the current events. Starting with the Bonnaroo lineup. Can you even deal with this lineup? Do I you cannot. think it's good? I Yeah, I think it's the best. Honestly, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's the best festival lineup this year. Wow. Um, and I'm mainly going... Well, but like how many... Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Not a lot have been released, but I will say that when Coachella's lineup, No Shade Coachella, and Bonnaroo's lineup got released, I got like 20 texts about the Bonnaroo lineup. Yes. And I didn't get that many about Coachella. I know right. it was like a big deal. I think that Ariana Grande was the youngest headliner to perform at Coachella, but like people weren't blowing up the phone about that. Bonnaroo, it was like, whoa, everyone that's anyone is playing Bonnaroo and we all need to be there. Yeah, I agree. I think people that like normally wouldn't even go to Bonnaroo were like, excuse me, I need to come this year. Like people who live out of town um, were deciding that this is the first year to go to Bonnaroo because this lineup is so stacked. It's so good. Yeah. And so I, I guess that brings me to a question why do you think it's so good this year is there anything that like sticks out to you I just feel like it's very diverse yeah I think they did such a good job doing like the jam band crowd which was kind of their original inception right like back in 2002 when Bonnaroo started it was like kind of a hippie fest where you go out in the middle of this field in Manchester Tennessee and yeah. jam and then like they do need to bring in a new younger audience right because like, I think we might have touched on this a little bit, but, like, as you get older, the idea of, like, sitting in a hot tent overnight in, like, 100-degree weather is less appealing. So you want to go in for the sets and maybe leave or maybe pay for glamping. But there's yeah. only, like, a finite amount of glamping available. So you have to bring in, like, essentially a younger crowd that's willing to pay for the general admission ticket, but is also going to have a great time camping where that's yeah. less appealing as the you young get older. Kids who think it's cool to like go out in the middle of a field right. for like, two nights or four You know, nights, you remember whatever. in college, like I would sleep on the floor, no problem. Oh, I was like, sure. cool, blanket and a pillow, I'm set. Like now I'm like, ooh, I have back problems. <laughs> like, that <laughs> will like, Where am I going to wash my face? I just right. don't know. Like, but no. now I think if there is a lot of younger people, supposedly people are like, does fish really need three sets? <laughs> yeah, because the young kids are not listening to fish. No, they're not. But like, again, I think that kind of plays to Bonnaroo's roots as like a jam band kind of gig. And I think that they'll probably, and again, I'm going off of some of what I read, but I read this one article that was saying Bonnaroo lost some of its like original fans, people that have been going for, let's see, we're in like, 17 years right i cannot believe uh, it's been going on that long yeah i mean people had been going religiously for like 12 plus years and i think they lost some of that crew but i think this is a way for them to get those original bonnaroo fans kind of back while also playing and diversifying kind of their ticket base yeah i mean for example the sunday lineup goes from two sets of fish to the lumineers to cardi b 
to Brandy Carlisle. It just really is kind of all of all across the board, but it's it's pulling in a lot of different people who listen to a lot of different music. So it's kind of a draw for different people that may not always go to Bonnaroo. Totally. And I, I think it speaks to like where the music industry is currently, right? It, it People don't listen to just one genre of music. They listen to a diverse array. So yeah, right. they could be listening to Cardi B and be a Fish fan. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know? like I like Post Malone and also like Brandy Carlisle, you know? Yeah. Same. So yeah, like so I get you a girl that can do both, <laughs> both <laughs> down to hang at both <laughs> concerts. Yeah, but only if I can drive home, right? And after. wash your face after, because <laughs> like everyone gets sweaty and dirty in Bonnaroo, and no, totally. you need running water. I feel like we we have to find a way to go this year. It's just going to be so good. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um. So changing tunes just a little bit. Have you seen Surviving R. Kelly? I have not seen it. However, I've seen all of the media surrounding that documentary. Yeah. Have and you watched it? Same. I have not watched it yet. It's on my list of things to watch, but everyone has just said it's so disturbing that like you really need to be in the right mindset before you is, turn it on. This is maybe a dumb question. It's a lifetime documentary, right? I believe so. Yeah. So where does where does one watch lifetime? I personally um steal the um, cable login from my mom. So oh, I use the okay, Lifetime app. Great. That was a very millennial but if you have question. Cable, you could also just watch Lifetime right, but on demand. How many but people have cable nowadays? Not honestly, a lot, no one. Right? Everyone's cutting those cords <laughs> right. except for the parents. Yeah. Who we're just hanging on to and for dear life. All of us are mooching on <laughs> or mooching off of that cable login. So all the parents out there, please don't cancel it. Or no, we just need one group that still pays that incredibly expensive cable we bundle. We do. Like, and we feel holier than that. We're like, yeah, I don't have cable, but like, Actually, my mom does, and I use her login. <laughs> yeah, actually, I get all the shows because I'm borrowing a login. Yeah, thank God for Kathy Brumley. <laughs> anyway, I haven't watched it yet, but I am just so confused because for literally two decades, I have known that R. Kelly is garbage. Where has Whoa. everyone been? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple reactions to it. I think... And, and again, I'm not a lawyer. I haven't been involved in the case, anything like that, right? But it's almost like a media wave, right? Almost like yeah. what we're seeing now in the political sphere where there's so much like garbage and like almost negativity, especially surrounding like the Me Too movement and everything like that, that I think it almost becomes a quantity thing where it's, okay, this is a headline for a little bit and then out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, um, I guess so. And then people forget about it. But then like something like a documentary comes up and then it's front page all over again. Well, but also, so when stories about R. Kelly first started coming out, which this has been going on since Aaliyah, mm -hmm. like she was a 14-year-old girl who was supposedly hooking up with R. Kelly, who was taking advantage of her. So this has been happening for so long. And I guess the problem is now it's the political climate that we're in when stories like this come up everyone is outraged instead of just like turning a blind eye or being right. like there's nothing we can do about that because that's or just how guys in music yeah, are that's or whatever the way it goes in the entertainment industry like that yeah. excuse doesn't fly anymore yeah now it's outrage but there have been so many exposés on him there have been women that have come forward saying that he's basically held them captive in his house in atlanta which is what this documentary is about he's basically holding teenage women whose parents 
let them go with R. Kelly in hopes that they will get a record contract or whatever promises of all these things and they're brainwashed and they're trapped into staying there. And there have been so many stories that have come out and no one does anything about it. And that's, what's so infuriating and so confusing is that people have known about this. So it's like, how have the police not intervened before now? Yeah. But I need to watch the documentary to know kind of what's going on, but I do as well. And on the, I also have a couple of reactions. One is, do you think, that now enough powerful people know about it where it's like, okay, we can do something. Well, yeah, I I think in a way, but I think a lot of powerful people have known for a long time. Right. And haven't done anything. And haven't done anything, but maybe now the right powerful people have the power to do something. Right. That's true. Um, And then this is kind of like a very sad point but I don't know if you saw his streaming numbers or that billboard article, but his streaming numbers are like through the roof because of all of the like media, but it's really negative. You would think, Oh, okay. That should like the streaming number should be down. Like this is a a really bad thing. Um, Olivia on the morning toast, shout out, um, made a good point that a lot of people are probably going to Spotify to be like, what songs of R. Kelly's do I know? And realizing what, what the songs are. Yeah, but you are. can do that without streaming them. Totally. But people are listening and thinking, oh man, what a bummer. Right. I really loved this song and now I really right. shouldn't listen now. to it anymore or whatever. Yeah. But there's the whole movement going on now, hashtag mute R. Kelly, where everyone is kind of campaigning for his music to be taken, taken off of streaming services because they're like, he shouldn't be making money off of these works when it's been under the conditions that it's been right, under. Right, but remember Spotify, and I can't remember what artists, they got in trouble with one artist that I think they like de-playlisted. I think Be- it was R. Kelly. Was it R. Kelly? Because this I was a while say. back. Yeah. And then it was like some weird play with like First Amendment rights and stuff like that, like where they were infringing upon it in the freedom of expression. Even though I don't, legally I don't know how that works because... Spotify. I mean, they have you, the right to curate the playlist. The yeah, way they want exactly. To. I mean, well, and I think I think own, that's why they ended up making the play of taking him off a, a playlist because at first I think they were trying to take him off the platform altogether. Got it. Which I would understand the First Amendment deal there, but so their play was like we're taking him off of all of these curated playlists, which is where a lot of people are finding their music is right. through these. Yeah, and then, which is at least that's something they can do. And then I don't know if you saw Lady Gaga removed her collab with R. Kelly yeah. from which uh, like if you think platforms. about that song it's called do what you want with my body yeah that's and her statement was like line. I made this song in protest at a time when I was like trying to make sense of something that had happened to me and she was like I was young and dumb and I'm glad that she spoke out now but she had to have known right exactly about yeah. the stories that were out about him too so it's confusing how someone continues to work with someone like that I don't really get it. I I don't know if people, everyone knew because I think, and again, I'm not, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I was reading a lot on the Harvey Weinstein case. And what I gathered from reading was he acted a certain way around certain people. Of course. And like some people he knew he like, couldn't get away with certain behavior so he would act very well and be on his best behavior and be a gentleman i don't know if that was the case with r kelly and gaga even though the title may suggest otherwise you know what i mean but i think there is some validity to like the way 
people behave around certain people where totally. they know. But they also, like, <laughs> when there's a story out that someone's keeping teenagers locked in their house, right. that's a different thing than assuming someone's a skis ball. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. So speaking of men who owe the general public apologies, Kevin Hart Oof. <laughs> is not hosting the Oscars, obviously, as we know by now. But he also is kind of irritated by the whole situation. I think he is. And like, it's, it's a lot to digest, right? Because, and, and I don't know the facts. I'm just a lay person reading the media. Um, but I think he had originally apologized for his comments. Yes. Which were made years and years ago. Right. And that's, that was kind of his point. Like I've done some dumb things before, like everyone has in their youth and I hope to move on from it, apologize and let's move forth. Right. But I think it turned into this longer, like belabored apology that the public wanted, maybe that the recording Academy wanted. And he didn't want to go along with that. He was like, "I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, he came out recently on one of the late night shows and he was like, I'm done apologizing. Like, right. Well, I've had enough. Like, you know what I've said. And again, it was, way back when I was young, I was dumb. This is, that's it. And my views have changed. Yeah. And I've heard, I've heard good points made on both sides. Like on the side, on Kevin Hart's side, it's like, we are in a world that is so focused on cancel culture, which is every time someone does something wrong, it's like, Oh, Kevin Hart's canceled because he tweeted something bad about gay people. However many years ago. And that can be frustrating. It's like, how many times do you have to apologize before it's taken? You know, you just would hope that like someone would move up, move forward and better themselves and not make that mistake again. But on the other side, I've seen um, people like in the gay community saying, if you really, if I made a mistake and I said something bad about gay people and they wanted an apology from me, I would give them an apology every time they wanted one. Cause I would be like, I'm sorry that I've done this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think people are just annoyed because they're like, if you really are sorry, then why is it hurting you to continue to apologize? Yeah. I mean, it, again, I think there's points from both sides on it, which I see, but Ellen even came out in defense of Kevin and, you know, said, look like, you know, and she's kind of the, forefront on the lgbtq community right and said you know we should move on he said his apologies and she said i support him um right. which, which was, is huge yeah that's that's really big um because she's a big voice for that community totally. obviously um you know so i thought that that was big but i get how there are differing views i think to your point there's a larger discussion right where i know if i do something wrong like not that many people are going to hear about it. Maybe my friends and family and hopefully not work or anything like that. But if I'm a major celebrity and I do something wrong, like in my youth, remember when like, I mean, again, this is not apples to apples, but like, remember when Bieber went through his phase? Like it was just like one mess up after the other. Totally. And because he was a young kid, that was a celebrity. We saw it all happen in front of our eyes on social media. Yeah. But otherwise like you don't hear about that right and it's also complicated because let's say you said something dumb on twitter several years ago and you weren't a public figure then and you didn't get in trouble for it and you become a public figure later and someone's digging back through your twitter and finds that 
which is something that happened to girl with no job like mm-hmm. a big instagram personality she as a young teenager who was a nobody on the internet made stupid comments that came back to bite her and made her lose her job and it's just you just don't think about that stuff and also i think our world is changing and jokes that maybe you could get away with saying 10 years ago or what even five years ago you can't now and so it's tough to like be able to move forward when you have this whole catalog of things that you've said and jokes that you've made permanently yeah i was gonna say and it's also permanent because it's on the internet so and on like the library of congress (laughs) right so kids this is your warning don't put anything on the internet just don't just don't yeah like, just write it down in a notebook, yeah. a burn book. <laughs> okay, don't make a burn book. Don't, don't make it to Justine. Mean girls, no one even knows what that is. Just anymore. put it in your own composition book, and then you burn it. Right, there set you it go. on fire. There you go. Um, so, <laughs> but that being said, Kevin, yeah, yeah, back to Kevin. Um, so, who's hosting? The Oscars have now decided to move forward without a host, which is it, they've only done this once before. And the, f- the last time was, I believe, in the 70s or something like How that. How does that even work without a host? Well, if you think about it, the host is really just to fill in small time windows in between segments or to announce the announcers, which is just kind of extraneous. Yeah, but they tell, like, really funny jokes. I don't know about really funny. I guess it depends who's hosting. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but- there have been some sketchy hosts that have not been very funny, but... Um, this year, they've said that they are going to be focusing more on um, starry skits and basically playing into how important music has been in film this year. And I think that means they're going to have some musical performances, which is pretty cool. That's awesome. Because they which usually they, have one, right? Yeah. One or two? A couple. I think. Yeah. And now they're... So I wonder if that... It's almost like competition for the Grammys. Kind of, In some weird way. In terms of exposure. Yeah, right. And they're really... This is why we decided to talk about music and movies and TV today because it really is an important part of movies. And especially, I don't know how long... I want to say that the best original song from a movie is a relatively newer category for the Oscars. Like, that's not been one since the beginning yeah i think i think you're right on that however having original music for movies is not new right totally but winning an oscar for it is yeah and i think i think it's just become more increasingly popular to have current cool artists creating the music for movies well yeah i mean it's almost kind of similar to the bonnaroo discussion right because you draw in a more diverse audience and you want younger folks watching movies too right even if you think back to like disney movies i guess we're just transitioning into this topic yeah we're gonna pop into it (laughs) but i guess if you think about disney movies for example when you look back to mulan the disney princess in the movie sings reflections right Mm -hmm. but then at the end of the movie you hear the christina aguilera version because she cut it and then that's the popular song that's out that is played everywhere it's like they're having a movie moment and then having a current artist make it current and cool so that Mm -hmm. then when she's out singing that song she's promoting the movie right yeah and the movie is promoting the artist it's kind of like a 
benefit on both sides. But yeah, it's huge. So what are some of your favorite movie soundtracks or soundtracks that are like that you think about when you think about the best music in movies? Ooh, okay. This is a long list, but one of like my all time faves and don't judge me on this. But As I was born. <laughs> how did you know? Oh, well, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Titanic. Oh, no, I wouldn't judge you for that. I great mean, movie, great music. Celine, like I just remember hearing that song when I was in the fourth grade. Yeah. Everywhere I went. It was like restaurants were playing it. Oh, yeah. The movie theater, like in the lobby, we was listened, playing it. We listened to that soundtrack at my daycare. Yeah. And I remember getting emotional about that song. Oh, totally. My, er, and my heart will go on. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember asking my parents for that CD. I did not listen to any other song on that CD that they bought me. But that one Celine Dion song. Repeat. Or a hole in that, baby. Totally. <laughs> but I think that that, like, even visually, there's something, like, you know, I guess scientifically happening in my brain. When I hear that, I think of Jack and Rose. Yes, exactly. It really makes you think of what happened and that story is always tied to that song. Yeah. I mean, I think I could, like, karaoke it right now. Okay, let's hear well, it. No. <laughs> That's how the music buzz it dies. It seems like you were offering. So. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but, but that, I think, is like number one in my mind. I think number two. You just asked for my top one. All right, you go. No, you can, you can go with your number two. I mean, The Bodyguard. Classic. Okay, what were you just telling me about The Bodyguard? The Bodyguard is, I think, the highest selling soundtrack to date with 42 million copies. Everyone had to have that. Like, I remember my parents, I wasn't allowed to see the movie, but my yeah. parents played that soundtrack all the time. And it was, uh, it was, I will always love you, oh, yeah. which everyone thinks is a Whitney Houston song. When in fact, our girl Dolly Parton yep. wrote it. She sure did. And literally, I mean, that soundtrack is just full Whitney Houston. It's basically yeah. just a Whitney Houston record, which of course it's amazing. Right. But it has all, like all the songs that are on this are some of her classics, even from her whole career. I mean, I have nothing. Yeah. I'm every woman run to you. There's so many songs on this it, that you're right. Are it's almost like it was an iconic album too yeah. on its own. Like say right. the movie went away. I think it would still be one of the highest selling albums in Whitney Houston's, uh, yeah. Catalog. Okay, but another classic, Grease. Grease is good, yes. But we were also discussing this too. I feel like there's a difference between a soundtrack for a musical versus a soundtrack for just a great movie with good music. Right. Because of course a musical music has to be great. It is the film. Like it's right. intertwined in the film as a storyline. It basically tells stories of what's happening. Whereas The Bodyguard, it's the music is prominent in the film and it's important in the film, but it's not. It's not a musical. It's not a musical. Yeah. It's the same with um, A Star is Born. Right. Like it's the story about um, Allie and Jack, right? His name was Jack in the yes. movie. Yes. And music is featured, but it's not a musical. Yeah. And there is a difference. Um, another great movie with a great soundtrack oh brother where art thou Ooh, filmed in tennessee oh was it i don't think yeah. i knew that yeah 
amazing movie too but the music makes that movie mm-hmm. like without the music it would not be the same movie that it is yeah at all george clooney singing i'm or lip syncing i'm a man of constant sorrow gold so good so good but i wonder how that works right because some movies have found like the perfect formula right where the film and the music are almost in perfect sync and they're right. both killer where with i'm thinking of some movies in my head where they're not like the movie's not that great but the soundtrack is fire because they had a massive budget so they had all these stars writing original music and you're like this is great like, like what are you thinking of for example like <laughs> i really liked the 50 shades of gray soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> I laughed, I think the, but I also did. <laughs> yeah. I, did yeah. I think the movie was like that amazing? No, but like the soundtrack is killer. Yeah. Heaven by Julia Michaels. Oof. So good. I think that was from the second 50 Shades I like the Halsey so song. Yeah. I liked that I'm not afraid that one. And I want to say, I could be wrong on this, but I want to say that they actually had some of those artists write songs specifically for the movie. No, they did. Yeah. yeah they definitely did. Um, one that I thought was great, kind of that filled both and played to the audience was Hunger Games. Yeah. Did you see any of those movies? Oh, yeah. I love those movies. Yeah. And their soundtracks are killer. So good. They're so, so good. Yeah. Um, I actually, this is a random one and I've never seen this movie, which is kind of funny, but I used to go to McKay's, which is a used book and like CD store mm-hmm. in Nashville. And I would buy 25 cent records. Ooh. I was just kind of like, at the time I was just getting them to make an art installation on my wall of actual vinyl. But some of them I ended up liking. And one of those was a soundtrack for this movie called The Big Chill. Have you ever heard of that? No. It was a really popular um, movie, but the soundtrack, these are some of the songs on the soundtrack. I Heard It Through the Grapevine by Marvin Gaye. Ooh. Uh, The Tracks of My Tears by Smokey Robinson. Joy to the World, Three Dog Night, Ain't Too Proud to Beg, My Tem- The Temptations, My Girl, The Temptations. Wow. All these like classic Motown songs, and it was just the best collection of them I can truly put on the soundtrack and just listen to it. That's like why it's so great to have on vinyl. I just... We'll Are you going to watch the movie? I probably feel like I should. Yeah. like Just to know. Exactly. Now but that I have you're invested yet. in the music. I don't even know where to find it because it's so old. Right. You know, not on cable. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't have that. Okay. So I think one major point of distinction though, Lauren, is music in the movies versus like actual songs versus the score. Yes. Right? Because some movies have an amazing score without an actual written, composed song. Right. Uh, One of my favorites is The Holiday. Okay. Um, The score was done by Hans Zimmer. Yep. Who was a legend. And it's all the songs on it. I can listen to them when I'm just at work. Like, they're all beautiful tracks and... I think of what's happening during the movie as I'm listening to it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really, that's funny how that goes. I'm in like one that comes to mind is it, I think that movie's great. It's also Harry Potter. Ooh, like yeah. wait, that of intro. Course, yeah. Like I immediately, I think everyone when they hear it, it's like immediate, but that must be crazy. Right. Because that went from a book series into a movie. So, and I don't know the composer, but whoever the composer was had to create something like very iconic that, None of us had heard before, but we can all associate in our brain 
every time we hear that do 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 you know what i mean I always think of, and I don't even know if this is how this usually works for scores, but I actually think of the holiday when I think about scores for movies because Jack Black's character in that movie yeah. is a composer for mm-hmm. m- movies. And so at the beginning of the movie, it starts out and he's basically watching the film that doesn't have any music yet and composing as he's watching it. And I always wonder if that's kind of how that works or if they watch a clip or watch a scene and then write from that or something. Yeah. Because it really does, like, it it affects your mood as a viewer. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it's interesting to see how sometimes it's almost not about the money, but the creativity behind it. Because there was this huge, like, I think it was NPR that did an article when the second Halloween was coming out. Oh, yeah. About the original Halloween. And they were, like, super low budget. So they just, like, paid whoever, and I'm forgetting his name, um, a composer that was like a movie composer to just like go in, write something really quick. And it became this super iconic sound to the movie that everyone associates with Halloween. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't like this huge expensive thing where they had the biggest artists of the time being like, okay, write yeah. the song or whatever. And that's such a recognizable score now. I mm-hmm. remember one of my film classes in college, we had one of the days our professor just played five second clips of uh, iconic music from movies like the Jaws, doo 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 yeah, and then like the Halloween and the all that stuff, and made us guess what movies they were, and we could guess almost every single one, which is a five second clip. Yeah, that's because crazy. It, like, is so recognizable, which is so smart for a movie to do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of genius. It's super genius. Yeah, I wish I were that smart to do that. But also, moving into music and TV, which I feel like has become such an important thing. Mm-hmm. especially over the past like 10 years or so music has become such for example one of the first shows that i feel like really put a lot of weight on what music it was playing in the show was one tree hill actually one tree hill and the oc i was gonna say at the same for, time for me one of the big ones was the oc and yeah. i can tell you what band it was rooney Oh, because, and I had never heard of Rooney, but I can tell you everyone at my high school was like, oh my gosh, love Rooney. And (laughs) like after, after the OC. Right. Well, and so I, at the time I was a big One Tree Hill girl, not so much an OC girl. Um, but One Tree Hill, the creator of the show, Mark Schwann, who unfortunately has had some like me too stuff going on. So like, that's unfortunate, but he was really passionate about music and that's like he was just as passionate about music as he was about film and TV. Mm -hmm. So it was really important to him to make the soundtrack a really important part of the show. And so one of the main characters of the show, Peyton has this record collection that's out of this world. It's what my dreams are made of. It's literally just a huge wall of like shelves and shelves of vinyl. And she would always be playing vinyl and it would be what the episode would play in the background. And it was just a lot of cool indie music that wasn't popular yet, but became popular because of the show. And I feel right. like th- that happened with the OC too. Yeah. I mean, it was like, and I, cause I'm trying to think uh, as of like recent shows that I've seen, I don't think I've discovered new music via those shows, if that makes sense. Yeah. But in high school, all of the shows, it was like those bands then became like really big. Right. And I'm honestly, uh, did you ever see the movie Garden State? 
Yes. Oh, that's so, another one I meant to bring yeah. up. Yeah. So Garden State. Amazing was, soundtrack. Yeah. An amazing soundtrack. And I remember no one knew who the Shins were. But then after yes. that movie, the Shins came to town and tickets sold out in like two seconds because everyone was like, oh, it's my new favorite band, the Shins. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like two songs because yeah. you saw the movie. And you're like, same, but I'm judging you for yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I'm going to the show. No, it's totally. Fine. But another, well, that brings me to MTV, mm-hmm. who... I say who is though. It's like a person. Yeah. Um, MTV has, I think they're still doing this, but basically whenever they have a song playing on one of their shows, they have a um, bar at the bottom of the screen that shows the artist and the song title and the album, which is really cool because they're trying to hang on to that music part of music television. Right. And they know that people are going to look up whatever good song they hear from a show. So they're like, we're just going to give you that information now, which is pretty cool. Cause sometimes I am watching a show shamelessly watching teen mom too. There you <laughs> go. And I'm like, Oh, this song is super it's, good. It's good. And they yeah. just give me the information I need, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I remember too, like it was that. And then gossip girl was another big one oh, where yeah. we got a ton of bands. But what I was going to say to that was, I think Amazon now, if you watch on Amazon Prime, you can like click and then it shows you the um, actors and actresses. Yeah, on the x-ray. Yep. And then I think you can see the all the music too. Yeah, which is super Um, cool. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. It just makes everything more convenient because... Which is Amazon's goal. Because I still, I'll be watching a show or a movie or whatever and I'll hear a song I like and I'm going to try to remember whatever lyrics I can and Google it to look it up later. Yeah. I'm that person. I have like 400 tabs open on my browser on my phone oh, because I'm sure. like, oh, I need to find this song later and <laughs> it's I'll like, eventually get to it. Yeah. Shazam is my most important app. <laughs> totally. But sometimes like in movies and TV, Shazam is hard because it mm-hmm. won't necessarily pick up the song. It'll be like, I can tell you're watching episode four of whatever this show is. Right. And sometimes it'll tell you what mu- what music is in that episode, which is cool. Um, I feel like a, sh- a more recent show that's been really revolutionary with music is Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I, w- I would buy that. I mean, I guess I haven't watched Grey's in a little while. But you watched the beginning, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was, again, like a big high school thing where everyone was like, oh, Thursday night, gotta watch Grey's. Yeah. Well, and so the show has been on now for 10 years or something, yeah. more than that, I think. And they've progressed and done a lot of interesting things with the music in the show. But even from the beginning, they used songs so well in certain scenes that, for example, Run by Snow Patrol. Mm-hmm. I can't hear that song without crying, thinking about Derek and Meredith. You Meredith, know what I mean? Yeah. Like something that happened or someone dies and the song is playing. Right. Every time I hear it, I think about that and I'm sad. <laughs> it's crazy because they just use it so well. For example, one season, the opening song for an entire season. Oh my gosh, wait, I'm thinking of, I'm actually thinking of One Tree Hill that did this. One Tree Hill's opening song, which was um, Gavin DeGraw, I Don't Want to Be. Oh yeah, 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 um, okay. For one of the seasons of that show for every episode, they had a different artist cover that song. And that oh, was that's the cool. title song, which was super cool. And they used a lot of artists that were actually like featured in the show because the show also featured a lot of artists in it. So, um, one of there's this big club yeah. that everyone goes to in the show and mm-hmm. they would always have live music nights and they would play bands that like weren't cool at the time. For example, the fray was on there before anyone knew who they were. Right. And everyone was like, Oh, this is so cool. Um, but anyways, back to Grey's anatomy, what they started doing, I got mixed up. What they started doing is they started, 
um, playing covers. So they would have only covers in all of their episodes, like really cool, unique ones. And so I would start to notice for several episodes in a row when they first started doing it, I was like, wait, this is a cover of a song I know. This sounds familiar, but it's not the person I know singing it. And so then it just became a thing that they were doing on purpose. And they really, the Shonda Rhimes, who created mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy and created a lot of the shows on ABC, um, really liked Sleeping at Last. Yeah. Do you know Sleeping at Last? Um, I think I know them because you recommended it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's this guy, Ryan, and his voice is just so soothing and this beautiful. This is the... Uh, he does the Enneagram yeah, series. That. Yeah. Um, so... They started using a lot of his music, and Shonda Rhimes really, really loved him. And so she started getting him to do covers for the show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So now he has all these records that he's released just of covers that I'm pretty sure he just started doing because of Grey's Anatomy. That's awesome. Yeah. Which that's is really, cool. really cool. And Shonda Rhimes is like, I really like your music, and I can tell you what's going on in this episode and what kind of mood we need and all this stuff. And they just worked really well together. So she's used a lot of his music, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Have you seen any shows lately where you're picking up music? Because I kind of alluded to that fact where I feel like I've watched a lot of shows, um, especially over the holiday, but none where it's been like this huge music discovery thing. And it might have been because a lot of this happened when I was in high school. So it was like, you know, one person catches on and then it's like, oh, this is so cool. And we had less access to music then. So I think you were more hungry to like discover new things. Right. And that was one of the ways you could do it probably. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of any shows particularly that I've been blown away by the music on except for Grey's Anatomy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, for example, Stranger Things, I feel like that's more of a I score. It. But, but you've heard the music to it. Yeah. No, I have. It's become iconic already, and it's a fairly-ish new show. Um, well, actually, I'll tell you one, but it's a big artist, and she produced a show, but 13 Reasons Why. Oh, yeah. Selena Gomez so um, true. did a song for it. And, yes. uh Yeah. I guess. Because of that show, I became obsessed with uh, The Night We Met by Lord Huron. Mm-hmm. Uh, which like, that song had been released for a while before that. I just wasn't that familiar until it was on the show. That so, show did have, did have good music. Yeah. So I guess it does happen depending on the show, right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that kind of like brings us to another topic we were kind of chatting about and alluding to, but like when you hear a song, you hear of a visual, you alluded to like Grey's Anatomy or certain parts in movies what do you think about it from an advertising perspective, specifically in commercials? Yeah, I think music is super important in commercials. Yeah. And I think music and commercials, a commercial can make a song go viral so fast. Yeah, but it's it's really, really interesting, right? Because I think I was reading that our uh, like commercial attention span now is something like eight seconds. So oh, you have, if that probably, right, yeah. you have eight seconds, especially if you're streaming, that's why you see like the repeat commercials and it's like a four second commercial, but you see it like five times. Oh, that's before, the worst. I know. And it's, it's usually doesn't have music cause it's so short that you're just like, what is happening? It's like someone yelling on the screen, Yeah, but um, it doesn't seem to happen as much, but I'm thinking like, I remember, I guess a few years ago when Justin Timberlake did the McDonald's commercial. Yeah. Like I can still visualize it in what my head. What song was on that? Do you remember? It's I'm loving it. Oh, I think he like, okay. And he did the butt up, 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 up. You're right. Yeah. And it was like, I can just 
visually remember and like see that commercial in my head. Right. Even though I don't think that that like him recording it was anything new. They already had kind of like the earworm kind of like jig to it. Right. Yeah. But he did it and then everyone was like, oh, it's just recognize yeah. his voice. Yeah, exactly. Right. But I think because our attention spans are so short, if there is a good song, that's what's going to make you pay attention. Even right. if you don't pay attention, you at least remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember Thunderclouds, which is a newer song that Sia put out. Mm-hmm. It's on some car commercial, I'm pretty sure. One of the ones that I heard five times in between every commercial break on something I was streaming. Yeah. And I w- was never paying attention. I never pay attention to commercials. I'm always on my phone 24-7. Right. And I had only heard this song on this commercial and I started to like remember the words and I found myself singing it later on. And then when I would hear that song on the radio or when I heard that song on the radio for the first time, I was like, Oh, I know this. Yeah. I didn't realize this was a popular song on the radio. Right. So like, I think even though I can't tell you what the car company was. Sad for them. Yeah. That's a bummer for them. But (laughs) if I paid attention whatsoever, I could probably tell you all the details of that commercial because I've seen it so many times. Right. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like, that's the association. I mean, I guess there's a ton of research, and I haven't delved into it, but, like, if you were picking a car, like, in a lot, and you could pick whatever, I wonder if you would gravitate towards the cars that you've seen in the commercial. Yeah, probably. Visual and, I guess, audio recognition, where you're like, yeah, ah, okay. Totally. That's uh, that's a real thing. Totally. Have you, there was this one commercial. It was a car commercial for some truck, and there was this song on the commercial that was just instrumental and I could not find it anywhere, but I was obsessed with it. Like obsessed. I couldn't find it everywhere. I tried to Shazam it. I tried everything. Couldn't find it. Like two years later, I found out or the song, I guess came out or became popular. And it was, I want to know by, uh, I think it was a lesso. I want to know. And I finally was, gratified but it took me so long i tried so hard to find this song but it was instrumental yeah there was um i think billboard did a recent article on like the guy that at chrysler that does um all of the like commercials for them and he was talking about how he creates like these iconic commercials and obviously he went to the music, but like one of the biggest ones was I think in the 08, 09 kind of financial crisis, you know, when Detroit was really going under, they put like Eminem lose yourself in a commercial in a Dodge commercial. And it like blew up and he was People like, were like, I feel that. Yeah. They were like, <laughs> I feel that. And like, we're buying the cars, even though like sales overall were down, but he was just speaking to the power of music and yeah. getting like an Eminem song in that, that like almost like created a sense of, like a patriotic sense in people. Yeah. Right. And like a sense of pride for their city, even though they were going through a hard time, which is like really powerful. If you think about it, it is. I mean, we let, we let commercials tell us what to think. Right. Honestly, <laughs> we do a hundred percent. But also, I mean, we're coming up on the Super Bowl, and I feel like Super Bowl commercials, especially focus a lot on music. A lot of times they'll have popular artists in the commercial just to get attention. So, so this is an interesting point because we're talking about kind of streaming a lot. Do you want two questions, I guess. Do you watch the Super Bowl from start to finish? And second is, do you keep track of the commercials if you do? Yes and yes. Granted, I will watch it start to finish, but 
will I pay attention start to finish? Nah. No. Okay. Unless, unless I just am at a party where everyone's really invested in it, then I will get invested in it. But if right. I'm like home alone, which that's kind of sad, but like if I was <laughs> home alone, right. Or like one year I was nannying, I was a nanny and I had oh. to watch it with the kids, with the kids. It was terrible. <laughs> um, but then I'm just not going to pay attention, but I would pay more attention to the commercials than even the show. Cause the commercials are so good during that time period. Cause everyone is on their A game. Yeah. They have to be. I, I think it was Hulu. This was a few years ago. I distinctly remember, and it had to have been after the Super Bowl because I missed part of it or something happened, but I think Hulu uploaded all the Super oh, Bowl I think commercials. Yeah. And so I just sat there and watched all of them, which really took the time commitment out of watching a football game just for the commercials. Yeah. Um, and honestly, some people only watch the Super Bowl for, for that. the commercials. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the Super Bowl is still the second most watched sporting event in the world. After what? After the World Cup. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. I mean, and I think we might have touched on it a little bit, but that's why they feature such a huge kind of halftime show. Yeah. Um, because that's huge marketing dollars for a band, even though they don't pay the band. Yeah, right. It's a lot of eyeballs. Oh yeah. Um, one of my favorite Super Bowl commercials, circling back to Sleeping at Last, was twenty fifteen, uh, Sleeping at Last, his cover of uh Five Hundred Miles. The song is like, uh, and I would yeah, walk five hundred yeah, yeah. was on a Budweiser commercial where this puppy is like trying to find his home. I sobbed, but the music made the whole thing. Yeah. Because well, it was just this soft, slow, sad cover of that song with this puppy trying to find his I home. Know. Well, and Budweiser has done a great job with dogs. Yes. They know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, when you're out at a bar, you may think, oh, puppy Budweiser. Yep. <laughs> Got it. Because you know what people like? Beer and dogs. Beer and dogs and good music. Yep. That's they all we need. Down. That is all we That's need. That's funny. I'm like, I don't know that I could name a Super Bowl, Super Bowl commercial, Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl commercial right now. Yeah, it's hard. Some of the ones even that are memorable by the next year, you just forget. Yeah. You forget. I mean, I remember there was an NSYNC reunion on mm -hmm. one of the commercials in the past couple of years. But I couldn't tell you what it was for, right. which I feel like is kind of a failure on the brand. Yeah, side. the brand definitely wants you to know yeah. who they are right. or who is associated with that act, yeah. which is funny. Yeah. Uh, one more thought I had about TV, music and TV, is shows like The Bachelor or reality shows where it's just brief musical moments that mm -hmm. kind of tell you how you should be feeling. Like on oh, The Bachelor. Like the editing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on The Bachelor, for example, when there's rosy romantic music, you know it's somebody that's going to go far in the show. Mm -hmm. But when there's like clown bozo music, you know <laughs> that's, that, that girl's going to get too drunk and be sent home the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny, actually, you say that. Um, I was in this like workshop, and I know this is super random, but they took a clip, and it might have been from a movie. I can't really remember but they changed out the music. Oh, so they were like, cool. oh, okay, we want this scene to be happy. So then they put something really happy in there and you're like, oh, I feel pretty good about this. Yeah. And then they put like scary music and you're like, oh, someone's <laughs> going to die, whatever. Yeah. But speaking to that point, 
it was all about the editing yes. and what kind of what music they threw in there. And it's the same with like almost editing in the reality TV shows where they like, you know, they cut a clip, but then they immediately go to another clip that has nothing to do with the clip you just saw just for like the fight or the editing purpose of yeah. it. And you're like, mm, what's going on? Yeah. You're like, this probably happened on two different days, <laughs> <laughs> two different months. Right. Yeah. But it really is like, it does tell you, how to feel but have you ever seen those youtube videos where someone will take a sitcom for example like friends and put <laughs> horror music behind it and you're like this is kind of scary yeah it's like not good someone and I, I can't remember if we chatted about this but someone did that with bird box oh yeah <laughs> and they did like there's a bunch of memes about the movie now but someone did it when they were like driving in the car and like blasted <laughs> it's like a really scary scene but because you're listening to rap you're like this is hilarious yes <laughs> like, it's so weird how it does affect what's what you're seeing yeah so much yeah a hundred percent like i wish someone would come out with like almost like a blooper movie just to like <laughs> like do the music backwards and stuff yeah and see how people feel that would be so wild that would be like a good test okay it's time for a lightning round jay what is your favorite song moment in a movie? Oh, I was going to ask you this. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, okay. I don't know why, because I must have really also liked this movie, but in Stepmom, Ooh. when they do Marvin Gaye's Ain't No Mountain High Enough and yes. Tammy Terrell. Let's give her credit too, oh, right? Don't forget her. Um. Yeah, that, like, I can literally go to the scene in the movie, and that's one of my favorites. That's a good one, and, like, it really just, every time you hear that song, it makes you think of that movie. When they're dancing around the room, it's like the mom and the kids. Mm -hmm. Never forget. Never. Okay, what about you? Mine is, so one of my favorite movies of all time, Shamelessly, is My Best Friend's Wedding, and my favorite is I Say a Little Prayer for You, where they're singing oh, in the restaurant so with the lobster claws. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I know what scene you're talking about too. That, okay, that, good. that was also on my list. Okay, good. Whew. So good. Julia Roberts. Shout out. Yes. And it's just such a funny moment because you have all the characters sitting around this table and you have all of their reactions to this spontaneous singing in a restaurant. It's just the best scene. I did not know that song before that movie. And now it's iconic. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So this, I think you might have answered this in our discussion, but I was going to say, what band have you found from either a TV show, a commercial, a movie Ooh. that you've discovered because of that and then like become a fan and stuck with them? Ooh, that is a good question. Wow, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a lot, honestly. I am a huge freak and I used to, when I was watching like Laguna Beach, mm -hmm. for example, or One Tree Hill, I would find all of those songs and listen to them nonstop. Laguna Beach had a really great soundtrack. Super but they had good. to because OC had a really good soundtrack. So if you're going to do the reality TV version yeah. of it, you better have good music. You have to. And it was young kids in high school. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. You had the good music. Probably, honestly, Grace Potter, I discovered through Ooh, One Tree Hill. That's a good one. Yeah. 
That is a really she good one. She was actually in an episode of One Tree Hill singing with one of the main characters. And I was like, what is this girl's voice? Are you even that real? That's that was awesome. Her. Yeah. That is very cool. Yes. Okay. Wait, what is, I feel like my question is dumb. That was a really good one. But like, what's your favorite movie of all time? Since we're talking about movies. Oh, that's like picking your favorite band. It's hard. I don't know that I have a favorite movie. It really depends on the mood. Yeah. It really, really depends on the mood. Honestly, like I love some older movies, like My Best Friend's Wedding. Classic. Uh, love, 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 love Goodwill Hunting. Okay. Love it. That's a good one. Um, I don't know, Dead Poets Society. Oh, so like good. I like the movie Closer, even though it's a really messed up movie. But I, I thought like, oh, it's like a disaster. It will never make <laughs> you want to have a relationship ever again. Cause you're like, everyone's cheating and lying and it's horrible. Well, they are. So. <laughs> like, um but i really love that movie i don't know it's just okay it's hard it's hard that selection of movies i feel like it suffices do you have an answer to that one i'm just curious this is not like mine truly is my best friend's wedding it's a movie that every time i move into a new house i have it on dvd but like also now it's on streaming services but i will watch it to like christen my new home yeah so instead of lighting sage like you (laughs) actually just just watch my my best friend's Friend's Wedding. wedding in every room yes it's just one of those things it's it's so comf- comforting to me that it feels like home. So when I watch it, I'm yeah reminded of home. So it makes somewhere feel homey. And now it's I've done it for so many places that it's just my tradition. But okay, and th- my last one is if we were discussing it earlier, but the James Bond uh, soundtracks seem yes. to always always win at the at the Oscars because like Adele's performed and won. I think Sam Smith won. I think he did. I think yeah, he won I'm pretty for sure. It. What is your favorite, and I don't know if you're a big James Bond fan, but like what's your favorite song or like performer that has done yeah. the soundtrack for them? That is a great question. Mine would be Die Another Day, uh, which was sung by Madonna. And I'm not even the biggest Madonna stan, but that's just the movie I remember watching. Stan? Is that what you yeah. just what is a stand? Do you know what a stan is? <laughs> no. I forget what it stands for. It's like a something fan. But you just really stan. support somebody. Yeah. Oh, You're like Eminem Stan? Like, you remember the fan yeah. Stan that yeah. wrote him and told him he was being right. kind of an exactly. asshole? Yeah. And then he like wrote a song about him? Yeah. But I don't it's know not if there's any, that, I don't think there's right? any correlation, oh, okay. but it's what the kids say. You know, oh. we'd, have to, we'd have to consult the youth oh for, a, for an accurate I, definition. I'm so old. I just aged myself. <laughs> so you, okay. That's your favorite yeah, one. I would probably say that one just because mm. I remember it. I remember listening to the song. I had it on my MP3 player that I got before I even had an iPod. It was so janky. But isn't it, it's also like those, seeing those voices in that way blows my mind every single time because it's so anthemic that I just feel like the music like shakes my soul. Yeah. Because it it doesn't really matter like vocally who's there, but just because it's like that big, like all of the strings and like, yeah, it's just so epic. Yeah, totally. It's epic. And then you're like, (laughs) wait, what was your favorite? I loved Adele's version. I really What did. was her song? Do you remember? I don't remember. I was trying to think of it. It was a few years ago, but I just remember like actually loving it and listening to it on my own. And I, I was like, yeah, I, I and it might've been because it was like, again, part of the movie and it was like a soundtrack song, right? Oh, it was Skyfall. Yeah. I thought that was Ooh. Sam Smith's. What was Sam Smith's? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure. He played 
Sam Smith played whatever his song was at his show that we went to last year. But like, and that was a crazy one. Oh, his was writing on the wall. Writing. Everyone knew it. Like you knew when he was performing that one, that was the James Bond one. Yeah. And like, again, I couldn't tell you the title until you just said it now, but like the lights went down and it was this huge sound in the arena. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, Oh, this is James Bond. Yeah. And everyone was singing it as loud as his hit singles, which is kind of crazy, which is awesome. Yeah. Okay, my last question is also movie related. If you had to choose someone to play you in a movie about your life, who would it be? Uh, probably like Sandra Bullock. Ooh, that's a good choice. Yeah, but She's not not Bird Box Sandra Bullock. <laughs> it was like rom com Sandra Bullock, like from the proposal where she falls and yes. all over the place. Totally, like that's more like me. Or um, what was the beauty pageant one she did? That was like Miss mass- Congeniality. Yes. Oh that, my gosh, great! Movie. That version of her, it like playing me. Okay, I like that. That's a great question. What about you? I, you have to tell me yours on that. Uh, I feel like mine would be Drew Barrymore. Oh, that's a good one. She just has my kind of goofy which vibe. Drew Barrymore, like from Never Been Kissed, or like like more- Fifty First Dates. Okay, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like driving in cars with boys. Yeah, not E.T. Drew Barrymore. No, no, no. Not like a child. (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Had to clarify there. Thank you for clarifying that up. Clarifying that up? Clearing that up. Clearing that up. Clarify. We got it. We got the gist of it. That was a great question. Yeah. Thank you. Your questions were definitely better than mine. I was impressed by yours. (laughs) Thank you. Wow. Put on the spot. So that's all we got. That's all she wrote, folks. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of The Music Buzz. We will be back next month. And drop us a comment and let us know kind of what your favorite soundtracks are, yeah. what your favorite songs in film are. We'd love to know. Yeah, we need some feedback. Um, also, go follow us on Instagram at MusicBuzzPod. We need some friends over there. Okay? Just send love. Okay. <laughs> send my love to your new lover. Ooh, Stay buzzed. I see what you did there. <laughs> Stay buzzed. Out. Ooh.